Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending March 29th, 2019. We've got one week left until WrestleMania 35, and this week came with the announcement that for the first time ever, the women will headline the greatest thrill rides granddaddy of all time, or however it goes. Before we get to that, however, we still have another week of wrestling television to cover, and then there's next week too, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We open Monday Night Raw, which is live from Boston, Massachusetts, and I am watching live from my living room at home. But anyway, we open with the announcement that the women will main event WrestleMania, which doesn't actually mean that they'll close the show, since Vince has in the past opened his pay-per-views with the quote-unquote main event. Basically, what I'm saying is that I can't wait for I Don't Give a Damn About Your Reputation to open the kickoff show next Saturday. Speaking of which, here comes Ronda Rousey. She says we're welcome for this history-making moment. She promises to tap Becky and Charlotte at the same time at Mania, then she admits to not knowing what a beat-the-clock challenge is. Sure. The fuck is this beat the clock challenge even for? Match number one, beat the clock, Ronda Rousey versus Sarah Logan. Seriously, what the fuck is this for? What advantage can one gain in a triple threat match? Becky appears before the match starts to talk shit. She promises to win at Mania, and then Charlotte comes dr- out dressed like a Victoria's Secret angel. Ronda makes Logan tap at a minute 25. Grade C. Squash matches get C. Match two, beat the clock, Charlotte Flair versus Ruby Riot. So... We're just jobbing out the entire Riot Squad tonight. They keep telling us that the winner of the Beat the Clock will have a psychological advantage going into WrestleMania, which is, again, basically two weeks away. But Ronda's told us that this is all scripted and fake, so who fucking cares, really? Charlotte does not beat the clock, even though she comes close with the figure eight. Grade D. Pointless. Match three, beat the clock, Becky versus Liv Morgan. Becky slides in the ring basically as soon as Charlotte's match has ended and Charlotte boots her in the face before her match begins. Becky pins Morgan with seven seconds left to win the challenge. Grade C. Ronda yells from the stage that Becky didn't win anything, which is true, and Charlotte looks unimpressed at ringside, really selling that this didn't mean a goddamn thing and was a complete waste of 15 minutes. Negative points. Backstage, Finn Balor warms up as Becky and Ronda continue to scream at each other from about 30 feet apart. Match number four, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. Wait, what? He wins a handicap match against Rushley at Fastlane, loses the title, wins a tag match last week, and now has a handicap match again? Again, I must ask, why? Leo then tells us he's not medically cleared to compete tonight after the beating Braun threw him last week, which I feel like Greg Hamilton and commentary should have been aware of before we started tonight. Uh, oh, for fuck's sake. Match number four, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley and Jinder Mahal. It's been 23 minutes, and I already want to turn this off. Finn pins Jinder after a coup de grace, grade C, also completely fucking pointless. Following the pinfall, Michael Cole hollers, Finn Balor is going to WrestleMania, as though somehow that was on the line in this match. Uh, Bobby then beats up the Singh brothers because that's what they're there for. Then Elias cuts a promo from Times Square. He's interrupted by another street performer, supposedly. Match number five, NXT superstars Blackishay versus The Revival. During Black's entrance, you can clearly hear the hydraulics on his zombie platform. We start with a brawl. Ricochet pins Wilder with a 6-3-0 following a double black mass by Alistair Grade B. It was a fun match. I just don't understand why the tag champs have lost again. For some reason during this match, I decided to pay attention to how many camera cuts there were and whatnot. It was a shitload, but what really stood out to me was the one ringside camera guy's gratuitous and unnecessary use of zoom. 
Lots of crash zooming in and out during moves. I don't know if this was supposed to accentuate the supposed impact, but it was really quite annoying once I noticed it. And now I'm not going to be able to not notice it. And this is why I'm telling you so that you can also not be able to not notice it either. Drew enters to make grunty noises as we go. To break, Drew says he's still waiting for Roman's answer to his WrestleMania challenge. Drew reminds us that he's gone through the shield one by one thus far. Then he uses Roman's shoot name because this is real, brother. Roman doesn't answer when Drew directly calls out his family. No, he only comes out once Drew threatens to hold Raw hostage. So that's where your priorities are. They stare at each other. They stare at each other. They stare at each other. And Roman accepts the challenge in the third person. Joe then beats up Drew for talking about his wife and kids. So Drew just fists him in the cock and balls. Then a Claymore. Drew is walking backstage when he comes across Dean Ambrose, who, according to the internet, is supposed to be sitting on his ass at home from now until the end of time. Dean challenges Drew to a last man standing match tonight, and Drew accepts. Match number six, Sasha Banks versus Natalia. Sasha's from Boston, so expect her to lose tonight. Cole says Sasha hit Natty with double knees, but it really looked like she straddled Natty's face and just squashed her puss into Natty's forehead. Blandy Savage arrived to cause chaos and the double disqualification. Grade C. Can they do something, something, anything else to advance this, please? Beth hits Tamina with the glam slam after the match. Tamina is finally wearing her own stupid t-shirt. Nobody meaner than Tamina. Michael Cole then breaks the news that Drew and Dean will have a last man standing match, the one that we both saw them agree to earlier. Uh, or saw them both agree to. Whatever. Then the video for the Hart Foundation in entering the Hall of Fame. Natty and Beth are in the ring crying backstage. Charlie interviews Kurt Angle in her boyfriend's favorite sweatshirt. Corbin shows up to be a dink. Enter Alexa Bliss, Colin Jost, Michael Che, and Braun Strowman will be on a moment of bliss next. <sighs> but first, Charlie, who is literally only wearing an oversized sweatshirt, talks to Boss Hug. Sasha challenges all comers at WrestleMania. The moment is in the ring tonight, not on the stage, worth noting, but I don't know what it means. Does Alexa still want to fuck Braun? I think that's the important question here. Apparently this is therapy for Braun. Colin and Michael are live from SNL Studios because apparently Studio 8H is trademarked. Uh, Colin immediately puts on a Yankees hat because he's a heel. Then they make current events jokes. Oh, for fuck's sake. Braun demands that Colin enter the Androphy Battle Royal. Andre the Giant is spinning in his quintuple XL grave. Colin then enters Che into the Battle Royal 2. Negative points. Then we go back to Elias. He's in front of Madison Square Garden, which is kind of surprising if you ask me. It's funny because someone gives him a quarter despite him talking into a television camera at the time. Also, like anyone in New York gives change to street urchins. Enter Baron Corbin, who is announced with all of his accolades, former interim Raw GM, former Gold Gloves champion, former United States champion, former Money in the Bank holder, and then Boston's favorite son? Doesn't that usually mean someone from the place being mentioned? Then a Snickers commercial featuring Glorable. It's terrible. Match number seven, Baron Corbin versus Apollo Crews, who entered during the commercial break. End of days pins Apollo. Nobody fucking cares. Grade C, I guess. It was a match. It was, it was definitely a match. Baron hits Apollo with another end of days after the match. Enter Seth Rollins. He talks about how he has to beat Brock because everyone who came to his table at World of Wheels yesterday told him to. He gets his entire promo out except for the last word, which is interrupted by Paul Heyman. 
Paul is just piling on the smarm tonight, talking about how Seth is pathetic for needing the WWE Universe's support. Seth follows Paul to the stage, and Paul shits his pants. Enter Kurt, who also gets to mock Paul during his entrance. Match number eight, Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. Joe promises to put Kurt to sleep tonight. Kurt pulls a victory out of his ass in a match that shouldn't be as surprisingly uneventful as it was, given that Kurt Angle is about six years past... Uh, I was going to say prime, but let's say decent. Grade C. Enter Triple H. He lies about the crowd, then congratulates Becky, Rhonda, and Charlotte. Paul is all goofy and is then incapable of removing a letter from his inner pocket. Supposedly, this letter is from Batista's lawyer and says that Batista will not compete at WrestleMania until Trips agrees to one more stipulation that he put his career on the line. Trips eventually agrees to this stipulation. What a bizarre fucking promo. Goofy, 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 quoting the Spice Girls, kind of goofy, but kind of serious, goofy, crash cut to the super serious. Uh, meanwhile, Elias gets robbed in New York City, where it is suddenly raining, despite weather.com saying it isn't. Match number nine, Dean Ambrose versus Drew McIntyre. Clever spot I don't think I've ever seen before as Drew catapults Dean into the metal crossbeam on the apron. Ambrose gets put through a table that he himself set up immediately after he himself set it up, and then a Claymore finishes him off for the 10-count grade. B. Not as impressive as their Falls Count Anywhere match from two weeks ago, but still good. Overall grade, ooh. D plus. There was so much wrong tonight. Mediocre matches, subpar plot points, nonsensical stipulations, and Baron Corbin dressed like a manager from Tchotchkes. Please, SmackDown, redeem this week for me. Excuse me. We open with the New Day. They threaten to quit because of how things are going. They ask Mr. McMahon to come out, and he does. He is immediately interrupted by Daniel Bryan, militant vegan. Daniel says the New Day are just a novelty act, and Vince should just let them go. They can bring up three new guys from NXT, call them Fresh Afternoon, and they can throw waffles into the crowd. I enjoyed that. Uh, Vince says he knows that they're bullshitting, that there's no way they were ever going to quit WWE. He then questions if Big E and Xavier are a B-plus tag team. Vince... They've been tag champs five times. Vince puts Xavier and Big in a tag team gauntlet tonight for Kofi's title shot at Mania, so they're completely out of ideas then. Okay. They talk about the ladies main eventing Mania. Am I alone in thinking that it would have been better if they hadn't announced it? Let it be a surprise. Let people figure out as WrestleMania goes and the matches start to winnow down until people finally figure out, hey, the Raw women's title match hasn't happened yet. You don't think, do you? Maybe it's me. Becky Lynch gets who? Becky Lynch gets con uh, congratulated backstage by a blonde we've never seen before. Then Charlotte hits the stage to counter argue. They confirm the gauntlet, but they don't say which teams are in it. But really, how many teams could there be? Match number one: SmackDown Women's Title: Charlotte versus Oscar. Tom Phillips uh, Phillips is apparently incredibly surprised that this is a title match. Charlotte makes Oscar top to the figure eight grade B. The match was great. The match was great, but I can't give it an A in good faith because of how poorly Asuka's title run was booked. She won almost on a fluke at, uh, at TLC, never had a really important feeling title defense, and is now unlikely to appear at WrestleMania in any kind of meaningful capacity. Shinsuke has a downright awful U.S. title reign, and Asuka has a horrendous women's title reign. I'm sensing a theme... Angle then enters as Charlotte is leaving, because I guess they're already running short on time. Match number two, Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles. In Gorilla, not Renee, talks to AJ before the match. Styles comes out for his entrance as he stands there with his hood over his head and his head down. Is it me, or would that not be the perfect time for a viper to strike? 
They teased that the match is going to end after about 30 seconds with a pair of submissions, and then immediately after that, Randy RKO's AJ for the disqualification. So, Kurt Angle slams them. Grade C. I'd give it a D, but based on Kurt's performance last night, Randy may have done us a favor. We go to .com earlier tonight for a Dominic who really doesn't look like the Dominic that was on the show last week. Samoa Joe is still a bully. Enter The Miz. The Miz promises to destroy Shane in a Falls Count Anywhere match at WrestleMania. This brings out Shane and a number of very familiar-looking security guards, along with all the heels on the SmackDown roster. Bonus points, bonus Homer points for my local boys as extras. Shane accepts the challenge for the Falls Count Anywhere match and talks shit about Miz's dad. Shane then talks shit about Miz's mom, and that's the breaking point. Miz beats up security. He beats up Shelton and Primo, but sanity get the better of him. Uh, Eric Young shaved his beard and looks far less insane. Miz begins a comeback, and Shane slowly leaves. We then throw it back to the top of the show. Just once, I want to get a backstage segment where someone is warming up and a stagehand walks up to him and says, Hey, plans got changed. Your match is off. Match number three, New Day faces the gauntlet. Up first is the club. Up, up, down, down. Ends it in seconds. Thanks for not re-signing, boys. Team two is Rusev Day Nakamura. They also fall to the up, up, down, down in a notably longer affair. What the fuck was that? It's like a bug in here or something. That was weird. Anyway. <sighs> team three is the bar. They fall to a countered spike white noise. The bar lose poorly, beating up the team after they uh, after they lose, just like Eric Rowan did to Kofi last week. Big E goes through a table and is dead. Team four is the SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions, the Usos. Need I point out that they were 100% pro-Kofi last week, including being part of the crowd around the monitors watching last week's proceedings? Jimmy, or maybe it's Jay, grabs a mic. No, it's probably Jimmy's, and says, The Usos have gone to war with the New Day plenty of times. And they know that there's one person who deserves, uh, that if there's one person who deserves a WWE title match, it is Kofi Kingston. Kofi has earned the respect of everyone in the back, everyone in the universe, and they forfeit. Bonus points. Backstage, Daniel and Rowan destroy their own locker room. They are Team 5. Woods takes out Rowan with a dive. Big E hits the big ending on Daniel, but Rowan is able to recover to make the save. I legitimately thought that was the finish. Rowan gets chucked over the commentary table, and Big E tips it over on top of him for the countout victory, and Kofi Kingston is going to WrestleMania. Grade? A. They did it again. They fucking did it again. Motherfuck. That was great. Love the spot with the Usos. This, this was just fucking great. Uh, Kayla talks to Vince, who's trying to get into his limo. He confirms that Kofi is going to Mania, and then he leaves. The faces hit the ring to celebrate, as well as a random referee and Byron, who leaves commentary. And we go off the air. Overall grade for SmackDown, A. A great women's title match, a mercifully short Kurt Angle match, and they just keep killing it with the Kofi Kingston story. Next week's go-home might actually be decent. Overall grade for the week is a B-. minus. A spectacular SmackDown makes up for an absolutely dismal episode of Raw. Typical! We have one week left until WrestleMania is upon us. I can only hope that next week's go-home shows are not typical lackadaisical go-home shows. Fingers crossed! Keep up the voting on the hottest woman in WWE tournament over at RundownWrestling.com, and I will be back next week with another go-home edition of Making the Grade. Blurch.